You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Despite the prices that say it has to do with their physical benefit that you allow your parents to have through you, that you are responsible for giving them these physical, emotional benefits, walking with them, talking with them, as we saw, perhaps, feeding them, doing it all in a pleasant manner. But what about obedience? And as I said in today's email, because I said so, they want you to do a certain thing. They want you to do something. And you don't want to do that, what they want them to do. Is that a violation of Kibbutz Most people, if you'd say, especially, uh, let's say, let's take an adolescent child growing up. And he is told by his parent to, I want you to take the cashmere sweater to school today. You're going to need it. I really like it when you wear um, uh, the belt buckle (laughs) that has the symbol of our family on it. Um, You can come up with many, many uh, options like this. Um, You know, know, I'd really like you to to read this book that I'm reading, and this way we could discuss it together. And that gets a little bit in the iffy area, but let's say even that. You know, I'm reading this book. If, if I'm reading Jonathan Livingston Seagull, <laughs> how I want to talk with you about it over Shabbos. Could you please read it? Because I want to be able to talk with you about it. So basically, we're talking about commands, demands. Is this part of mitzvah's kibbutz ave? Now, this is a two-part question. Even if we're going to say that you are not bound to listen, but is listening itself a fulfillment of Kibbutz Or is it beyond the pale of what Kibbutz aim is? Now, most people, I think, would say, of course, Kibbutz aim. <laughs> Come on. Your dad wants you to read Jonathan Livingston Seagull. He wants you to wear that cashmere sweater. He likes the belt buckle with the family emblem on it. You're not doing that. You're not, you're not honoring your parents. Hmm. Again, we're conflating the word honoring with obedience and with our own conception of what does it mean to listen to your parents. Well, Shulchan Arachid says that if you have decided you want a certain person as your wife, even though your parents are against the Shidduch, you don't have to listen to them. That's based on the Chuvas Marik, which we're going to see as one of the sources tonight. But it could be that is a little bit different than the three examples I gave before. That's something which, remember, it, it, it's it's what your heart tells you. It's what you feel inside of you that says, this is the one that I could build my life with. And in a way, one could say that if your parent is stopping you, your parent starts not with what the mitzvah of Yibum is, but a chidush of, of the mitzvah of Yibum. We know the mitzvah of Yibum is unusual. What happens is, is that you are allowed to 
and in, allowed to, and you are commanded to have relations with someone who up until this point has been an erva to you, your sister-in-law, your brother's wife. We know that if your brother dies, but he has left children, that woman is also to you forever. You can never marry her. She's a chiv kares. But where there are no children, there you have the mitzvah of yibum. And you're, you're considered laudatory, being mekayim this mitzvah. Now, let's say that the woman who your brother married is also an erva to you. The simplest one is she's married to your, she's married to, uh, he's married to your daughter. We know that in the time of Chazal, it was considered a positive marriage to, to marry, to marry one's niece. So it's possible this is your daughter. Now, would there, would the mitzvah Yibum have you do this incestuous thing? Well, it's sort of incest actually, right? Even without it being your daughter. It could be another erva as well, right? It could be that your brother is married to your former daughter-in-law. That could also be, right? This is someone who was once married to your uh, to your son, who is now married, uh, who's now married your brother. That could also be, and now your brother dies. So she still is, of course. An erva based on the fact that she was your daughter-in-law. What's the halacha in this case? Does Yibam apply? So the first mission Yibam says, no, it doesn't. Not only does it not apply, but even if, let's say, your daughter, your former daughter-in-law is married to your brother, and there's and your brother has another wife, the other wife is also, there's no mitzvah of Yibam. There's no mitzvah of Yibum. There's no mitzvah of Chalitza. There's no Zika at all. The mitzvah of Yibum doesn't apply in that case. It has a limit. So that is what the first Mishnah in Yavamas teaches us, and it teaches us all the various possibilities, and that's why you need all these charts to figure out how is it possible that you this woman could be Ola for Yibum, and the halacha is that she and all the other wives are not Ola Yibum. That's the first Mishnah Yavamas. Another case where your brother's wife is your wife's sister. Two brothers marry two sisters. So normally, if it would be, and your brother dies. So now that woman is not only, uh, she's not only your brother's wife, but she's also your wife's sister. What does the Torah write about taking a wife's sister? It says, Lo sikach, don't take another wife, litzror. Litzror, of course, means to have a second wife. That's a tzara. Legalos ervoso alecho b'chayeho. Now, what does this mean, legalos ervoso alecho? You're not some sort of sicko that is sitting with both sisters Right, each one like each one will have their own area, but no, you can't. You can't do what Yaakov did. So we know what galos ervosa means to have sex with her. What does it mean oleho? On the other one, right? Legalos ervosa is already pretty graphic. Why does it have to say oleho? Say that again. 
The word Bechayer is there to tell you a chidush. That let's say Ruven is married to Rochel, and Rochel is a sister of Leah, and Rochel dies, then Ruven can marry Leah. Might even be a, considered in the eyes of Chazal something positive. That the sister takes the other sister's place. But that's Bechayer. In other words, Bechayer, you can't take her, but after she dies, you can't. You can't divorce one sister and marry the other. But if one dies, you can marry the other. So Bechayah is all right. But the word Oleho, Chazal, in the in the uh, in Kohanim, don't know what it means. Matom bin Lomar. Why does it say Oleho? Since the word Oleho is used in another place, it's used to represent the the strong nature of Yibum. Yavama Yavo Oleho. So the word Oleho is connected to Yibum. It's it, it, it's it's it, it, it it's a word that summons to our mind the act of yibum. So, even if it's yibum, even if the reason why you're taking your wife's sister is because your brother has died and left her childless, still the Torah says you can't do it. It's still just the same chi of kares if 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 it wouldn't be a mitzvah of yibum. Shomayani afiu achas mikar rais hamuris betara nemer kanolev and nemer lahalonoleho malahamavamoka mitzvah just like by yibum the word olecho is the mitzvah of yibum. Afkan, the Isser of taking a sister-in-law, meaning a wife's sister, and every other erva, is Asr B'moka Mitzvah. The only one that's allowed is a brother's wife, but not if that brother's wife has other Isurim in her, like she's also your wife's sister, or your daughter, or your daughter-in-law, your or your right. And not only her, as well, even the co-wife, because that's the word litzror. The Torah doesn't need to say litzror. We know two wives are tsaris to each other. But the fact that it says litzror, and now that I know this is about the parsha of Yibum, Chazal and Torah's Kohanim see this as a very fundamental posik. Okay, why am I giving telling you this in such great length? Because th- this Drosh's Chazal, which is the basis of the first Mishnah Yavamus, is attacked by the Gemara. The Gemara attacks it right here, and you can see on the board. Taima de Kosa Rachmana Aleha. I need the Torah had to write Aleha. Hmm. Halavachi Havamina Achos Ishami Avemis. It sounds like without that, I would say, well, there's a mitzvah of Yibum, because this is your brother's wife. She also happens to be your sister, your wife's sister. But I might think that now that there's a mitzvah to do of Yibum, that mitzvah should allow me to violate the Avera. My time, the Amrinan Asi Ase Vidochilosase. In, in, in other words, and this is always the way the Talmud works, from the fact that we need this source, 
indicates that without it, we would have allowed you to marry your, to do Yibam with your sister, with your wife's sister. Why would we think you could do that? It must be that the mitzvah of Yibam, the mitzvah can be docha the losase. On that, the Gemara says, wait, where do we know the sample that, as the Gemara gets into, is like Klayim and Tzitzis. We know there's an Isra of Losil Bash Klayim, and there's a mitzvah of wearing Tzitzis. So when you wear Tzitzis, you are Doche the Losase of wearing Klayim. That's a bad thing to do to wear Klayim. But if there's no Kores involved, you get Makos, you get beaten, you get lashes. It's called the Losase. Greda, just a plain losase, a dry one. The word grid means dry. A dry losase doesn't have any of the flourish of a, of, of kores. Losase sheyeshpo kores midachi. Why would, could we ever think that a, a mitzvah sase is strong enough that you should violate and do a, you should be, you should do a din kores because of a, where would we ever think that? Obviously, it sounds like we do, because that's why we have this Pasik. But isn't that true? And as the Gemara says, is that the losa say greater, how do we know? And then the Torah, the Gemara brings in the Pasik of Klayim, as I said to you. So, this question takes the Gemara in the beginning of Yavamas on an amazing journey on, of Esei Docha Losa Say and Kores. And the Gemara attempts to answer the question by bringing in Kibbutz I need Aleha. I need that Pasek to tell me that you don't do Yibum to your wife's sister. I might have thought you do. Because Kibbutz Aveim you have an essay docha. You might have thought from Kibbutz Abim that essay is docha losase. Hmm. How would I know from Kibbutz Abim? Well, what do I see from Kibbutz Abim? The Tanya. Yochel ye Kibbutz Abim docha Shabbos. Talmud Lomar ish imo ba'oviv tiro'u ve'shapsosai tishmoru kulchem chayovim b'chvodi. This posik of Ish God needed to write that to say, yes, you have to give you, your parents their needs. However, you have to keep my Shabbos. Everyone has to keep my Shabbos, even my even your parents. So it sounds like it had God not written this posik. You might have thought that what should you do? You should actually be Machal Shabbos for your parents. My love, the Omar lay. What's the standard case of, of Chil Shabbos that your father said to you, Shchotli, Basheli, cook for me? And I could say, hmm, the only reason why I didn't do it, because God said not to in this case. That's why God had to write this Pasek here. And again, it implies that normally, at least this, if I have Kibbut Aveim, that God had to say specifically, don't go being Machal Shabbos 
because here your parents are only in a way part of honoring me and therefore though one can't violate the other but had that posik not set us straight about that i would have thought the assay of kibadav would be covered towards your parents can never be a violation of god's law but had god not told us that if i just had the mitzvah of kabedas avicha i might have thought without this pasik that you should be machal shabbos to honor your parents even though I would be chayv kores, but since my father wants me to shecht for him, so I guess I should do it. No, so Torah says don't. But I can see the principle, the idea that you you follow that 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 you follow a mitzvah say even to the boundary of kores. So the Gemara says no, no. That's not the case the Torah is talking about. Well, lav de machamir. We're talking about the lav of machamir, meaning the pasuk in question where God had to say, don't you dare be machal Shabbos, was not an Avera that you would die for or you get curries for. It's called machamir, which is a lav in the Torah on Shabbos, where you let an animal, where you pack an animal and you lead that animal where you put something on top of the animal and you have the animal, you lead it towards the place you want this pack to go. You want the the wheat, the oil that's on this animal to go to your home from the storage house. So doing that, although you didn't carry anything, that's not a lav in the Torah. That's not, you're not Chayiv Misa for that, but that's a lav in the Torah of Machamir. Okay. So there's there's lavim of Shabbos that are, um, in other words, there's, in other words, if your father would tell you to be doche Shabbos, that is a dechia of Shabbos. It's not kares because kares maybe you never even think you could ever be mavatol kares for a mitzvah say. That's what the Gemara's answer is, and therefore it's not really it doesn't help for yibum because by yibum we have a pasuk where there's a chi of kares. The Mar says, one second. Um, we know that you can put tzitzis on even though it's klayim. But maybe that should be the exception. Maybe that should be the only place where essays do chalos essay. Any other place, uh, for example, if a kid is needs a bris milah, and what's growing on the uh, his genitals is a, a, a tzaras, part of a, a, a growth of, of of tzaras, and even though you're not supposed to cut tzaras off, here you would. That's an example of essay de chalosa, say. But maybe we should learn from Shabbos, maybe Shabbos should be the source that we never say essay de chalosa, say. Since you're telling me this pasuk is talking about the regular lav of Shabbos, the lav of Machamer, I should use this as a limud, as a mamotzinu, as a binyanav, that essay is never dochalosa say. And the places where I can learn from the Torah they are, like by tzitzis and klayim, that's the exception. But this should be a source everywhere. We never say essay dochalosa say. Mar says one second. 
you're not going to do that because Shabbos is different. The lavim of Shabbos are so chomor. So maybe even Machamer, which is not Chayiv Kores, but it's all part of the statutes of the very important law of Shabbos. But you, but uh, cutting off the Negatzaras is not so important. But we know that's not true because this pasuk which says Ish imovav tirov which we say Kulam Chayovim Bichvodi. The 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 Baraisa that darshans this in Torahs Kohanim and and Parshas Vayikra and Sefer Vayikra gives examples. The Tanya gives examples of what that Pasuk of Kibbut Av teaches us. That Pasuk in Parshas Kedoshim, Ish Imavavtiro, Bishapsoise Tishmeru, the Brysa gives us examples. What's the example? Yochel Omer Ovav Hitamei, you're a Kohen, and the father tells you, hey, go make yourself Tamei. O Sha'omer Le Otachser, he tells you, don't return the Aveda. Yochel Yishamavo, maybe you should listen to him. Go into the cemetery. Don't return that object. He wants you to stay with him. Talmud Lomar, Ish Imo Vaaviv Tiro, Shabsai So you see from this expanded version of the Brisa that it includes all Averos. All Averos, but not necessarily once you're Chai of Karos. Hmm. So now, even though you're not telling me why I need um Aleha, which was the Gemara's question, we're going to have to go find some other place for that. But we at, we at least have a question now. Why don't we learn from Kibbut Avaim, from this passing in Parshas Kedoshim, that Asay is never Dochalos Asay? So the Gemara says, Ela Mishum, the Ikala Mifrach, Malahanoch, Shekein Heksher Mitzvah. The Gemara got into a cul de sac. The Gemara here is now faced with the possibility that Shabbos is now going to be teaching the mitzvah of Shabbos and Kibbutz will now be a source for all assays and los assays that you never do the assay, which gets us in trouble because we know it's a principle. Assay is docha los assay, like the cases I told you about, um, let's say eating matzah that's chodosh, that if you don't have any other matzah to eat, and the only matzah you have, you'd be violating the losa, say, of eating chodosh, of eating new grain, or cutting the uh, the uh, genital organ, the tzaras, off the genital organ to be makayim, the bris milah of a child. We know we do that. That asay is there, it pushes it away. But lechora, it shouldn't. So what happens at this point? Rashi says, all right, but you know what, go, go back. It's not Machamer. No, no, it's not Machamer. Really, the main source here could even be Kores, a case of the, your father asked you to cook for him. But, but don't tell me that that's why I need Aleha. Why? Because I could say that this is different than Yibum. Malahanach Shkotli Basheli Shekain Heksher Mitzvah Bechilul Shabbos, Bakiras Losasei, Humakayim Asei de Kibud. Meaning, 
your dad wants a piece of sirloin steak. So by slaughtering that animal, you're getting the sirloin steak for him. So that's what the Gemara says when the Gemara says, Shekain Heksher Mitzvah, you're starting the mitzvah of kibud now. And the way to do it, and it's impossible to get him a sirloin steak in this situation, unless you slaughter and then later cook it up in the pot. And therefore, when it comes to Kibarav, since this is the only way you could get there, it's a very strong mitzvah saseh. Because your dad wants a piece of meat right now with Shabbos, and that's what he wants. So you're going to have to be Machal Shabbos. And this is the, and doing that would have been, had God not said not to, you would have said, I'm doing Kibbutz right now. And if it didn't say, in the same Pasik, I would have said, I don't care that it's Shabbos. I've got a mitzvah to do of being Machab and my father because I'm already doing the mitzvah. But Yibum, Yibum has a multifaceted aspect. It's not only to have relations with your with your dead your your dead brother's wife. You could do chalitza too and still be within bounds. So therefore, why do you need the Pasik to tell you when she's also a sister, she's also your wife's sister? What do I need the Pusik for? Don't I know since I have Chalitza that it's not like Kibbutz? So in other words, Rashi says this Gemara is championing how great Kibbutz is. In other words, you already start the mitzvah of Kibbutz, according to Rashi, when you slaughter the meat. Now, for, now on Shabbos, you don't do it. Special Gzairas HaKosov, you don't. But the way Rashi is learning the Gemara, Kibbutz is actually expanded by this Gemara. The kibbutz isn't just now the food's on your plate. It go, even the steps leading to that are also, you're already in the midst of kibbutz and you're on the only path to do kibbutz. Whereas doing, when you have in front of yourself this woman who is now, who's also your wife's sister, you know the option of chalitza is there. So why would you think that you can be doche the kores? That's the way right. The Rashba rejects Rashi like everyone else does. And here, as you can see, the Rashba here. Not the way Rashi. Rashi says, Heksher Mitzvah is going on the case of Shechita. The Rebbein Chanel says, no, 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 we're still in the case of Mechamer, where it's a, where it's a, where it's a basic losase. But even this basic losa say doesn't. I'm not. I don't say from here. You never are docha losa say. Kibbutz is worse. Why is kibbutz worse? Ligra mehocha delay Why don't we learn from kibbutz vis-a-vis Shabbos that you're never docha the losa say? Like by the case of taras and like by the case of matzah, shiny hocha. Because when I'm telling you to, to be mevatel, mechamer, that would be a hechsher mitzvah. 
The key is not putting the stuff on the donkey. The guy that your father says, put these, put that Weedabex on top of that donkey because I want to have it with my half and half this morning. That's not the, that's, so Mechamer happens first. When he's sitting there with the whole, with, with, with all the little boxes of Weedabek cereal on top of the donkey, that's not Kibadav. That's the Heksha for Kibadav. Because it's only when the father gets the Weedabek cereal and eats it. The means to, to bring it to him is not Kibadav, the opposite of Rashi. Rashi says, no, you're already started. It's, keep it out is so essential here. No, it's the opposite. It's not called keep it off what you're doing, to, the means that bring him, your father wants the cereal. That's not it. That's just the heksher of kibud. Now, what about the fact that your father is telling you, I want you to watch, I want you to go and follow the donkey. I want you to follow the donkey and make sure none of those boxes fall off. No, that's not called keep it off. That's not kavod. Kavod is when the boxes of cereal get in front of him and he's now able to eat them. The fact that he wants you to do it that's not called kibudav. Kibudav, the Rabbi Nochanano says, is based on actions you do that put food and put physical benefit to him, not just what he wants. Avo, Omar And here the Rabbi Nochanano or the Rashba quoting him gets into the issues that I was talking about. If your father tells you to do something, I like it when you wear that buckle, right? Um, yeah, wear the sweater. Me wearing that sweater does nothing for you. You're no warmer. You want me to wear that sweater. But that well, that, that doesn't give you any benefit. Says the Rashba. That's not kovod that God commands you. Now, is it a bad thing? No, but that's not the mitzvah. Even though you might call it kavod, well, I listened to my dad. My dad wanted me to wear the cashmere sweater. That's not the assay that the Torah is talking about. And that would never be powerful enough to even be docha a weak lav, a lav greda. Like he calls this a standard negative commandment. Now, what about the fact, Rabbeinu Hanano is aware, that one of the things included was, the father says, make yourself tome. Says the Torah, Hanano, it can't be the father just says, I want you to go into the cemetery. I just want you to go there and see something there. I want you to go see the gravestone of your great-great-grandmother. No, that, and you're a Kohen. 
No, that can't be what it's talking about. for that. That's just his crazy will. He wants you to see that. I don't want to see it, Dad. Even if you're not a Kohen, that wouldn't be keep it off. It must be that it happens to be that the care box that flew with the helicopter, bringing him uh, the pineapple slices that he loves, landed in the cemetery, and that's the only place you can find them. And that's the only place he could get them. And he wants those pineapple slices. So that's where you might have thought you should go into the cemetery if you're a Kohen, because you're in the middle of doing an act that's going to bring him something. But again, remember, it's only a Heksher. But that's where you might have had a Havamina. And that's why it says, don't return the Aveda. Why is he telling you? If it's just because, oh, I hate that Lenny Masterson. I don't want you to return his object. He's such a bad boy. Don't return his object. And that can't be what it's about. It's got to be that he tells you, you're going to go return that object? That's going to take you 45 minutes, and I need to have my farina right now. You know that's when I eat. I eat at this time. Otherwise, I get stomach cramps. So, in other words, by you doing the mitzvah Shavas Aveda, you're not able to do your usual job of feeding him breakfast. That's what the Pusik is talking about. Still, even though it turns out that you won't be there to feed him breakfast, you still have to be Makai in the midst of returning the lost object. But if that's not the case, the Rashba quoting Rabbi Hanano, if those if it's if there's no physical benefit. To him, you don't need a Pusik to tell you that. He just doesn't like Lenny Masterson, so he doesn't want you to do the mitzvah. That's not Kibbutz. Therefore, Kibbutz. Why is, is that not Kibbutz? It says with Hashem the, that we, we, he's pleased when we do his will. And <laughs> when we honor parents, where we're it's in lieu of Hashem is giving up some of his kavod to the parents, and that's why we're having the parents. Okay, so Richard, you mentioned this point last week as well, and I appreciate it, of course. Why does God ultimately want us to do this? Because it's somehow recognizing the will of God. Yes, and that's, you're correct in terms of the logic and what God wants, but there's still, like as I said, parameters of obedience. With God, you don't question God. God says, do this, do this. You don't even know what the logic is. But the point is, Richard, with God, we can't feed him. We can't give him physical benefits. So since we're dealing with a human being and, and it's limited in those physical cases, so we now, and that's why I started tonight, Richard, with something which I thought you would be surprised, and you are, <laughs> that you can say, I don't have to listen to you, Dad, as far as that goes. Now, the, the Rashba is very careful. This is not the mitzvah. That doesn't mean it's wrong to do it. That doesn't mean it's not something that has, um, as you can see here in the footnote, uh, a son took an oath <laughs> that he wasn't going to marry a woman until his father says, yeah, she's the one I like. Um, now, first of all, he went, he took the shvua to his father. 
But beforehand, he told his buddies, look, I'm making the shvua to my father because he's really cranky about this, but I don't really want the shvua to go into effect. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to have a whole argument with my dad. Of course, what did he end up doing? He ended up making the shvua after originally he had said, I, I, I cancel it. I don't really, I'm only saying this. I don't really mean it. And then he went, he goes ahead and marries a woman that his father is not happy about. And of course, the father raises a stink. He says, what are you doing? You made a shvua. You wouldn't marry a woman without that I didn't like. And I hate this woman that you're marrying. So the question came to the Marik. So let's see what the, let's see how the Rabbi Yosef Cologne answers the question. Shaykh begavei ki so here you see, Richard, and everyone, that we're saying that the father doesn't have a right to stop his son from marrying who he wants. Because it's not what Kovod is. Kovod, again, he's very specific here, has to have things that are connected to your well-being, your livelihood, something physical to you. But this is not your life. So you don't need to necessarily explain it like I explained it earlier, that you feel in your heart that this is your woman and this is your chance to to complete your being as a Jew and as a human. No, (laughs) it doesn't have to be so lofty. Your dad has no business in this. Now, what about mora, which is honor, fearing, or no, no, fearing means you're not, you don't do acts that that show you're trying to nudge him away, like sitting in his place or contradicting him. So the father cannot stop the son, and therefore, since the son told the other people that the shvua was meaningless. This new complaint that the father now that brings to the fore to the Bezdin to the Marik is considered since who who lived in the um the end of the uh 18th century is towards the end of the 18th century he writes and Waldenberg is quoting him here even though it's true that we can see from the Gemara that you're not punished for not listening. You're only punished where what you did stopped the food coming into their system. You're punished for not comforting them, not giving them physical benefits. But clearly, and this is what you're saying, Richard, (laughs) if you do more than you have to do, God still considers you a very good son, and you get a mitzvah for it. It's interesting, again, if you look at the language of the Rashba and the Marik, you might think that's not Kibbutz but the Rashba says it's not the tzivui of Kibbutz that we're referring to. 
Rabari Leif Tzuntz, however, wants to say that you still get the schar of Kibbutz, even though it's something that isn't connected to their physical well-being. And this is what you said, Richard. Because God wants you to risk. God says, I'm God. I want you to respect them like me. Now, um, Rav uh, Waldenberg says that, you know, it sounds like Rav Aryeh did not see the Rishonim of like the Marik or the Rashpa. But again, as you can see, it's really Rav Aryeh who says, it's still a mitzvah. So he sort of admits to the Rabbeinu Hanano's interpretation of the Gemara, but it's still the mitzvah of Kibbutz, but it's not the actual meat of the mitzvah. It's like an additional aspect that you will get schar because as Richard was saying, God wants you to respect them. You can't just say, no, I'm not listening to you, Dad. Go, go to hell. No, you can't say that. Of course not. You have to speak wonderfully to your parent anyway. But you can't just say, this is not the mitzvah. However, if you take a look here, uh, Rapinchas Halevi Horowitz, um, says that, well, um, it's very hard to say that if your father wants you to wear the cashmere sweater or your father doesn't want you to marry this woman and you do, that it might not be kibud, but it's probably mora. Because what is one of mora? What is one of the what is one of the uh, things that are listed as fear of God? Lososer as dvarav. Don't contradict it. Now I understand it in, in, in terms of the uh, the the phraseology. Don't sit in his place. Don't speak up in when he's there. Don't contradict him. And all of these are ways of trying to be like an uppity type of child. And recognize, wait, 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 your father is still someone more than you. You, you can't just sit in his seat. You have to realize. Well, the, the Pinchas Levi Horowitz writes that if he wants you to do something, even though it doesn't benefit him at all, yes, it's not kavod. But if, if it doesn't cost you anything, you're not losing anything. He says, Im ein leben shum hefsed mimenu, why? Like, isn't that like contradicting him? Isn't that like if you'd be in a group of, of, of men speaking and he would say, well, my psak would be, your father is saying, my psak would be is that that would be also to do on Shabbos. And you would say, no, no, dad, you're wrong. All, all the farms say not like you. What? What did you just do? You contradicted your dad. Well, isn't this also contradicting your dad? Your dad says, son, I want you to wear that cashmere sweater. It's been in the family for years. No, dad, I'm not wearing it. What? Aren't you contradicting him? But Ben, Lisa, I don't want you wearing that strumpet. But that's only about marriage. Marriage is unique, Rapinchas Alevi Horowitz says, the author of the Sefer Mikna. The, the, the student of the Magad of Mizrich, the Rov of where? The Rov of Frankfurt. So he takes the, even then it's strange, because again, the, if you look at the language of the Marik, of which this Simon and Yoridea is built on, it sounds like it's not called Kovod at all, but Rav, Rav, Rav Horowitz 
the Sefer Aflor, the Sefer Amikna says, there's no Hana, but you still have to listen. And it would be the opposite of Mora, if that wouldn't be that way. Um, cashmere sweater is the family crest or the belt buckle. So you know that even though he's not, that's like a psychological benefit. Not just you did what I said to do. You know that he gets a pride that the child wears the same things he wore. But so, isn't it physical? The the Gomorrah is saying specifically physical benefit. Right. But we know that how about Richard spending time, physical and mental are so interconnected. How about if your father says you show up and you 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 come with a catered a breakfast from Dunkin' Donuts or from Black and White here in Elizabeth, and you have all the, you have, you have scrambled eggs and you have coffee and danishes and everything, and you say, Dad, okay, here it is, Dad. This is exactly what you love. I brought it for you. Here it is. Enjoy. And then you start to run off, and your father says, can't you sit down, son, and, and spend a little time, and we can eat together I mean, this coffee is, is, is much too much for me. Come come, just sit down and have a cup of coffee with me. What would you say, everybody? Is that, is, is, is that, I mean, the son already brought him the food. Based, based on Kedushin, that, that would not be, give it up, give it up. Because they, they, they give two examples of, they could have given any examples and they give two that are specifically physical uh, pleasure, not physical benefit, not psychological, not emotional, not quasi. I'm so I'm confused. Right. So is is it possible? Again, I think there's three types of cases. One is, I'm hungry, bring me some food. Okay. The other is I don't want you to I want you to walk this way. I want you to right okay you're driving from San Francisco to Los Angeles, don't you dare take the 101. Don't dare you take the 101. I want you to take the the 405. Okay? And the third is the one I just said, where it's sort of a combination. Robert Kivalevich? I mean, are, did you hear the difference? The one is like, my dad told me I should take the 405 and not the 101. I'm Makayim the Mitzvah. No. No, says all the Rishonim. That's you're not being Makayim the mitzvah. Keep it off. Maybe in some way you're doing something. That's not to keep it off. But but this oh. case that I'm I'm talking about, when you sit with him, this is this is part of 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 a physical benefit. Is that you're eating with somebody else? It's like it's it's mind and body bend, blending together. What do you want to say, Doctor Cohen? I just think what's uh, what um, you know uh, maybe you heard of I think it's Maslow's pyramid of needs. I think this would be appropriate to have built some kind of a structure. What's considered a need, like a physical need, like food, right? Food, shelter. This, or, you know, there's a pyramid, and at which point it's considered mitzvah, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's more complex than that, but I think that would be helpful. Um, the Hafla writes that it's so sir that you've contradicted him by not doing what he wanted you to do. The Chazanish brings up the idea that you're being mitzayer, your father. In other words, if, in other words, if because of your father's mindset, 
um, you know, he's got this bug in his head. He's got a bug in his head. The bug in his head is to go to take the 101 and not or to take 405 and not the 101. Um, he's in pain. He's, he's upset. So you know you're making him upset. Right? Um, Doesn't so, he have a choice? He chooses to be upset. Yeah, okay. You're, so we all make choices that turn us into who we are, right? How about the fact that you chose to be hungry? In other words, if if you weren't such a, if, if you didn't need to eat, right? right? You, you, no, you, hunger is not a choice is the way that. Okay, but how about, again, how about if, if the you, your father could change his diet, he doesn't need to eat three meals a day, he could eat two meals a day. And you feel based on what the doctors are saying, that that he should have two meals a day, and he says, "You know what? I I gotta have I gotta have my my midday lunch, midday lunch, or whatever it is. I have to have my my two o'clock snack, and that's the way he's been doing it. So that's a tough choice. That would I would have to consult my Rob. Is it do you have to listen to the doctor, or do you have to listen to your father's? Right. Okay, so there we get into a question: Is is it actually hurting him by having that two o'clock snack? But let's say it's not hurting him." Right. But that's but but that's but he's hungry at that time. Um, you know, again, can you impose this objectivity on him? And that's what the Chazanish asked. And again, I'll show you. He says that. If it turns out in the case of a marriage that he's so upset that he's marrying this trumpet. Isn't that, your father's in pain over that. So it's not just you didn't, it's like you you contradicted him. Your pain really means it. It's not some craziness. The father really believes this trumpet's going to lead his son astray. Can you pain your father by marriage anyway? Even though the Marik says, yes, you marry who you want, because you have to recognize the maturity of your son in this case. Um, but again, um, you, you have to sort of figure out can, how you can extract from here other things that your dad was in pain, right? You know, it meant so much. Every, every, one, every one of the uh, Koleskis has worn this jacket has worn this cashmere sweater with this buckle. And now my son's not doing it. There's a tsar there, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the biggest problem here is that, as I posted in the chat, there is the debate about around Maslow's pyramid because it does not include social interactions. And those, as we experience in COVID-19, the sense of what, um, Rabbi uh, Kitlesh is talking about this this kind of sense of breaking continuity of family tradition or or kind of sense of disconnect from the family members for whatever reason. That is probably the most painful experience. You know what we talk about empty nesters, a mm -hmm. sense that the parents are not involved in lives of children 
on the other hand, obviously, children do need autonomy to become themselves, to become healthy individuals. It's I got kind of built in um, tension between generations. And this tension is very hard to, I would say, legalize. Mm-hmm. Meaning how much the ch- it's enough for child to get freedom and how much to, is too much it's too much of of the detachment for the parent that the parent feels completely out of loop and where the where to I mean, it's own it's, it's ongoing negotiation almost to to give it legalistic um structure would be probably potent. They're just easier quantifiable than those emotional yeah. needs, and doubt, okay. but those are very All right, so yes, yeah, so what you're if what you're saying is true, then we can't be you. The Rashba and the Rebbeinu Chananel and the Marik are sort of missing the boat by grabbing onto them. It's not that this is the limitation; it's that Chazal gave us the easy, definable ones, and they left the other ones. For us to comprehend and to maybe, you know, relate on a case-by-case basis. I would say if you know who your your dad is and you realize that by just leaving the luscious breakfast on the table and then leaving, that is obviously going to cause him pain. And it, you're, you're, in a way... Um, you know, it is it's it's sort of like undermines the, the the great breakfast that you brought him. For so so many of us, eat feeding is not so much the the pill that you need, the gas in the system. It's 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 the it's the fact that I am with someone and we are facing life together. That most posts can hold it's, there's if he tells you don't buy this field or don't buy this house, you don't have to listen to him. That's not that's not keep it off. Um, especially if by not buying this house, the son is as like Miriam is saying, the son can't get the house that he that he wants, that he feels he needs to be his own man. But he says, if it doesn't make a difference, the stam. Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef, probably quoting his father, says, he says, try to fulfill his will. So he sort of wants to have his cake and eat it too, as he says here as well. Um, and if That's why we gonna, need to... If, 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 if there's going to be great pain to your father... So he says, if there's great pain, for whatever reason, he says, there's kibbutz Um Some say, even if he has great pain, you don't have to listen to him. And he says, v'nira l'hachmir. Kisvar Rishona. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.